Hi, welcome or welcome back. This is the Harmonic Fuckery Podcast and I'm your host, Rachel Nupero. And I think this is already the 11th episode, so I can't believe I've been doing this so consistently. I'm so proud of myself. Oh my god. Um, I don't know for how long I'm going to do this, but it's still fun and I still have stuff to talk about, so I'll just keep going, I guess. Um, in today's episode, I want to talk about kinks, about sexual kinks. And why I'm very confused about them and why I'm not sure about them. Um, so basically, where do I begin? Basically, <laughs> um, even getting any sort of knowledge about kinks is a weird story to me. Because, like, you learn nothing in sex education, at least where I come from. Sex education is basically like a heterosexual couple doing missionary to make a baby and that's it <laughs> that's what we talk about in school um and it's not even about pleasure at all it's all about making a baby and it's about like not um it's about like sexually transmitted infections and it's it's about also birth control but weirdly like they tell you how to do birth control but they Don't tell you that sex is supposed to feel good, question mark. Um, that's strange. You never talk about pleasure. Um, so, yeah, it's all kind of weird. And, of course, you don't learn about kinks. Um, and I guess I, there's probably not a single country in the world where people learn in schools in sex ed uh, about kinks. I think that's probably way too out there for any schools anywhere in the world. But if I'm wrong, tell me in my Instagram DMs. I would love to know if you live somewhere in the world where school sex ed teaches you about kinks. Because, yeah, I definitely uh, wasn't taught anything about that. So basically, as I said, a heterosexual A couple doing like missionary um, to make a baby was all of my sexual knowledge. Like I had to, I knew what a penis was and what a vagina was and how a penis is supposed to go in the vagina, and that's all I really knew. Um, and that that also it doesn't just uh, go for kinks; it also goes for sexual preferences. So uh, even that I didn't know anything about, and I didn't really understand from sex ed in school. But I'm very fortunate to even live in a country where there is even sex ed in school and where they don't teach you I think it's called abstinence yeah they don't teach you to just basically never have sex they teach you safe sex so that's good um yeah so the way that I found out about kinks and about even just sexual preferences was through friends at the time who were also just as young and dumb as me so that's probably not a good idea and i found out through porn i think later on um but not so much i think most people get a lot of their knowledge quote-unquote knowledge about sex from porn but i didn't really because i didn't even start watching porn until very late in the game you know <laughs> when i was already sexually active for multiple years i had never seen porn And I also learned about kinks and preferences from um, from different sexual partners that I had. And that was also kind of 
not the greatest way, I think, because there was... I used to have a lot of casual sex, and because there was no basis of trust and understanding between us, um, the fact that the other person knew about a certain sexual practice put us in a power imbalance. So I got to know somebody, for example, who was into um, SM, and he liked to be very dominant and hurt me. And we didn't really have a lot of trust between us. And the fact that he knew about all those practices and he wanted to try them put him in even more of a position of power in our relationship. So that was probably also not the ideal way to learn about any of this. So I guess sex ed is the only way you can learn about this stuff in a healthy way. But it's like way too taboo to talk about it in schools. I don't think... I don't think I would have even asked the teachers about these practices because I didn't know anything about that. Um, and I also didn't want to ask in front of the whole class. But I just wish that was a more neutral and educational and, yeah, um, research and, and medical-based way to educate yourself about these things instead of figuring it out all out by yourself through friends who are also misinformed or partners who are also misinformed or partners who use that to have more power over you because they are like experts, quote-unquote, for these practices or through porn, you know? I just wish you could learn it another, another way. And I think what I figured out in this less-than-ideal way was that I did have some preferences and kinks and I still do, like I'm into bondage, and I'm a little bit into SM, not really that much, nothing too extreme, but sometimes I do like the other person uh, being like dominant, and me being kind of submissive, but only in the bedroom, not outside the bedroom, and it's just, it's like, it has to be a consensual decision, like, this is what I want today, and like, like as the sub submissive person, I kind of still guide the other person, to to do what I want them to do like if I want somebody to choke me I do not really want somebody who's just going to choke me and see what happens because it's like that's your kink yeah no um <laughs> you still have to figure out if I want that on that specific day in that specific situation so I kind of guide the person if if they're kind of suggesting verbally or through their body language um, that they might want to choke me and I, I still guide them and show them that they have the permission to do that. So I think I'm doing it a, a healthy way, I guess. And also bondage, uh, there's a lot that you ha really have to think about. I mean, of course, if it's just like tying your wrists together and there's nothing super crazy happening and you both trust each other and one person just has the wrists um tied together there's not a lot that can go wrong necessarily except if you make if you tie the rope in a way that's way too tight and then you can hurt the person but if you do more complicated bondage like tying the entire body and or even doing what is it called a suspension where you um kind of hang from the ceiling um that can be kind of risky so I've also heard this podcast I've listened to this podcast on Spotify I think it's called the rope podcast and it's two people who are like really into bondage and they always 
um, give a little disclaimer before every episode. Like bondage is something that comes with inherent risks. And something that I also learned from this podcast is this sentence that like these practices always have to be like sane, safe and consensual. So both people have to be sane. You can't be using somebody's psychological crisis to 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 like yeah you, you shouldn't use that situation to experiment with kind of risky or extreme sexual uh, practices you should make sure that everybody's like mentally stable before you engage in something that could be possibly degrading to somebody or that could take away control from somebody so you know so that's the sane part. You have to be kind of mentally stable and really be sure that that's something you want to engage in. And that includes not being extremely drunk, not being on drugs, um, that kind of stuff. And then safe, like in the best way that you can. For example, if you do bondage, you should have scissors always ready. So if there's an emergency, you can always cut the person's rope off. Um, you also should know about where you can tie somebody's body and where you can't because there are specific places on the body where you could get nerve damage so that's very scary and very dangerous so you need to get educated before you tie somebody um, so that's the safe part um, safety also includes that you don't leave somebody who you've tied up in a room alone you don't just leave and go because um there could be something horrible happening and you are not there. So that's an absolute no-no. And then the third part is consensual. So of course you have you don't just need consent of the person in the sense that they are in some way sexually attracted to you. Like you need consent for every single new thing you try with the person or for every single practice that you do with the person. You always need to make sure that they're in this situation, on this day, ready for what you're going to do this like if you're if you're the dominant part or if you're the rigor like the person who ties the other person up um or any of that if you're the person in control basically then you need to really make sure that you have consent from the other person um yeah so that's how i handle it now but the reason why i'm i mean i, I might sound like i really know what i'm talking about because i've been involved in this for a while now um, but actually, I'm kind of confused about, like, the whole nature of kinks, I guess, because, I mean, I guess there are kinks that are kind of, like, funny, like, people who are into, I don't know, I don't know, what, what strange thing could you be into? Like, I don't know, you're attracted to somebody who has, I don't know, red nail polish on their nails or whatever like there could be something completely like neutral power wise you know if you look at like the power balance or power imbalance between the people uh, or you, if you look at violence like there could be kinks that do not include a power imbalance and that do not include violence that's what i wanted to say or for example like a foot fetish like the classic foot fetish it doesn't include violence it doesn't include a power imbalance um so I don't think there's anything wrong with those kinks. I don't think we need to question them as much. But I think when there's a kink that includes violence or that includes a power imbalance or both, I think that should be like a reason we really reflect on ourselves. Like, why does this turn me on? Or um, 
like how come like what 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 do I actually feel when I do this practice and I'm really trying to figure that one out for myself because I don't understand why I don't know being tied up and being in in a suspension tie where I'm naked and exposed and I can't really move at all I don't know why that turns me on like <laughs> I have no idea I also don't know why it turns me on that the other person is in control. I mean, I don't really want them to be in control as in they do whatever they want to me. I I want it to feel like they're in control, but really they still need to get my consent for every single thing. So I'm not into a scenario where people like disregard or just ignore whether I give consent or not. That's not part of my kink, but I I still want it's I still want to be in a situation where the other person is mostly in control of the other and the other person is usually on top of me and um they i don't know <laughs> they do stuff to me that requires me to let go of control and them being in control so maybe it's it's about me being a control freak in day-to-day -day life in my everyday life maybe that's where i'm just that's just my idea of being relaxed like giving up control to somebody else so maybe this is completely harmless maybe this is just my idea of relaxation um not having to be in control and not having to be perfectionist about anything but instead like giving up control to somebody else so maybe it's harmless but maybe since i also sometimes like it when people hurt me or since i like getting tied up where i can't move Like, maybe I'm recreating something traumatic because I have been sexually abused. Um, I have been disrespected by sexual partners where I felt like I couldn't move and I felt like I couldn't speak up or f speak up for myself and I couldn't do anything to make it more uh, comfortable for me or to even get out of the situation. So, yeah, and there could also be trauma that comes from a non-sexual situation like it could be childhood trauma it could be something like deeply rooted within us people who have kinks and who have like violent or power imbalance kinks um and we could be re-traumatizing ourselves by doing that without really realizing it we could be keeping the trauma alive without really wanting to you know just subconsciously we could be like recreating our trauma over and over again because we're kind of addicted to it because there's this, this thing that i learned from um a psychologist um i, I read her book her name is nicole Pera, and she kind of explains how if we have grown up with our nervous system constantly in a certain state like constantly stressed out then That's what our brain and our body perceives as normal. So we could be recreating um, horrible scenarios for ourselves just to keep our nervous system in this stressed out state um, in order to have something familiar. But that doesn't mean that it's healthy just because you, you, your body kind of feels at ease in this stressed out state. That doesn't mean that, that it's healthy for your body or healthy for you. Um, so th that's something I'm really trying to think, think about. And I don't think I'll ever get to the roots of any of this. Like if there's childhood trauma involved, like 
I don't think I'll ever really understand it and really find the connections. And I don't think I'll ever really understand my kinks. But for me, the question is also is, do I have to completely understand it? Or do I have to use some sort of other criteria to figure out if a kink of mine is healthy or if it's something that I should stop doing because it could be harmful to me without me really realizing it? Um, and I don't know what the what the the boundaries for that are supposed to be. I mean, something I talked I talked about to a friend recently is that there are certain kinks that inherently are harmful to the person and I would be like very very careful around those and I personally wouldn't want to participate in those like people who like take a knife and like make and they like cut you a little bit so you bleed and it's like blood play and all that stuff I think you can't do any of those without like really hurting the person so I wouldn't want to participate in that and there's no way to do it that's like really safe and I, I wouldn't want somebody to, I don't know, slap me across the face or something. Because that just feels abusive and there's no way you can do that without kind of like dis disrespecting and or physically hurting the person. But on the other hand, sometimes I'm into getting choked and getting like strangled. And I don't know if I should stop engaging in that because it's also inherently kind of dangerous, kind of hurtful and like painful and i i don't know if 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 there's any way to do this in a way that is completely healthy mentally so i'm really thinking about wh whether i should for example tell my partner to like never choke me again um i don't know i don't know if me liking it and me kind of getting sexual enjoyment out of it is enough of a justification in order to decide that I want to do this you know maybe my sexual pleasure isn't the most important thing here maybe the most important thing here is my sanity and my um my mental health um I'm not sure but there are other things like um like bondage where I think you can do it in a way that is just fun and that isn't violent at all and it doesn't put anybody at risk. As I said, you can do some research about um, what parts of the body you shouldn't tie and where you should be careful and not make um, the rope too tight around the body and all that stuff. So you can do bondage in a way that is not harmful to anybody and it's just fun. So I'm not really questioning uh, my preference for bondage right now. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely questioning the choking thing. And yeah, I'm, I can honestly say that from in, in my life, as I said, I didn't learn a lot of this from porn. I learned it from sexual partners and some, sometimes from friends, but mostly from sexual partners who were more experienced in this than I was. Um, but the other thing is that a lot of, like maybe some of those partners that I had learned it from porn, and I, I'm not like completely against porn. When I was 17, I even wanted to become a porn star. Um, so I'm definitely not against it per se. But I, I just saw um, 
a friend of mine, or I wouldn't really say we're friends, but somebody who, who goes to college with me, she shared this post on her Instagram story about how porn influences um, men's sexual fantasies. And there was some disgusting shit in there. Like there was a girl who was like, my ex-partner's kink was like um was like uh shoving me down the stairs so i'd i would fall down the stairs and that kind of like turned him on or like there was a guy um who got turned on by by the girlfriend saying no to him and not giving him consent and that turned him on um and then there was a girl who was like um his kink was like slapping me across the face um like there there was so much violence there was like one girl who was like my boyfriend's kink was me pretending like I didn't have arms and legs, like they were cut off and I was just a torso so he could like fuck me without any, I don't know, obstacles or without me being able to do anything. I just had to lie there. And um, honestly, like I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm I'm just kind of making that sound because I can't believe that this is something that we talk about that we're talking about right now um it's kind of disturbing to me and basically the main thesis of this post was that the porn industry is like very abusive and very misogynistic um in general not not necessarily every every single company that makes porn uh, yeah that makes pornos uh is necessarily that way but in in its entirety, the porn is, industry is like really misogynistic and terrible towards women. And there are so many kinky pornos where um, where there's a lot of questionable shit happening. Like a lot of rape porn and a lot of um, even like gang rape porn or yeah, really, really questionable things. I think in that post there was also a tweet by a woman or a comment by a woman who said that um, her ex wanted her to call him master and he was white and she was black. So that was also extremely questionable. And basically what this post was trying to say that this this um, very questionable porn industry is suggesting these things to men and they didn't necessarily uh, fantasize about those things to, to the extent that they do now before porn got so kinky and so extreme like I wouldn't even call some of these kinky I would just straight up call them abusive because that's what they are and the thesis was that the porn industry puts these things into men's heads that they didn't necessarily think of before and that the porn industry also normalizes this to an extent where a lot of men don't understand that they that it's completely unacceptable to ask their female partners to do certain things or to expect certain things from their female partners and this is not a new idea i mean we all know that a lot of unrealistic expectations about sex come from porn um, and a lot of ideas about what a woman's body for example should look look like or also how big a man's penis should be and all that stuff a lot of unrealistic expectations come from porn but when it comes to these like really abusive fantasies um it, it gets a little bit more serious um so I don't know where I stand on that. I kind of, I've never watched kinky porn, actually. 
although I'm kind of into kinky stuff, but like my porn consumption is like very specific. Like <laughs> I watch, I watch um, exclusively if I watch it at all. I watch exclusively lesbian porn, and it it's all always like completely. Um, I don't know what what you call it. Um, it's always completely a, a scenario that's completely equal. Like there is no power imbalance. There's no violence. It's just the sex is very vanilla. I would say <laughs> it's very regular. Very, I don't know, kind of conservative. Like it's it's not kinky at all, and it's always just two women. So my taste in porn is very specific. So I've never really gone outside that bubble that I'm in. When it comes to porn consumption, I've never been interested in kinky porn because I I'm kind of scared to go in that direction. I'm kind of scared of what I'll find and how disrespectful to women it will be. So I just try to steer clear of that, and I kind of lost interest. In, I kind of lost interest in porn very quickly once I started watching it. Finally, when as I said, I'd already had a couple of years of of being sexually active. Um, then I decided, okay, now let's try watching porn. And I tried it, and I tried it kind of in an intense way for a while. But then after, I don't know, two months or so, I was kind of over it. Um, yeah, so part of the porn industry really scares me. I think there's there are sites out there of like ethical porn and feminist porn, where basically um, the porn is like the, the, the entire... Uh, video is scripted by women and by women's sexual fantasies and it's kind of it goes through all these filters of like is this disrespectful to anybody is this misogynistic in any way is it racist and there's like there are porn companies who really just try to make it sensual and nice and pleasant to look at without degrading anybody so i think that's great but the, of course the thing that's like broadly available to everybody is like pornhub at least that's where I used to watch porn. Um, because it's free and you can just access it no matter who you are. You don't need a subscription. And those platforms, I think it's not just Pornhub. I think there are other very established porn platforms. But they are all what they all have in common is that they're free and that a lot of different people can upload porn to them. And they are also kind of questionable because they are kind of known to have like re revenge porn on them so like personal sexual videos of couples and then they, and then they break up and then usually the guy uploads this personal video of the woman to Pornhub so they kind of have a bad reputation for that and they also have a lot of um they have like I think a big catalog of porn that is so kinky that it's not even kinky anymore it's just abusive um so that makes me not want to be on these platforms so, yeah, this was kind of just me rambling about the whole topic, about, like, kinks and preferences and, like, abusive sexual practices. And I don't really have a clear conclusion. Like, I think my conclusion is that if if you're like me and you have some kinks and some of those also go in a kind of violent direction, really ask yourself, why am I doing this? And you might not find... Um, a clear answer to that just like I didn't really find a clear answer th to that but then also ask yourself like if somebody you cared about was par participating in this kind of practice would you 
feel comfortable with that. Like if your best friend who you talk to about everything and you always talk about sex with each other, if this friend told you that she engages in this sexual practice, would you feel comfortable with that? Or would you be extremely scared for her? If you would if you think that you would feel scared for her, then maybe question whether you want to keep participating in this. And definitely, as I said before, as I heard on this bondage podcast, always be like safe, sane and consensual. That's the most important thing. And maybe don't maybe don't support unethical porn platforms maybe see if you can if you have the money to get a, a subscription to an ethical porn site or at least like try to stay away from certain corners of these porn platforms yeah that's all I, all I really have to say about that and I'm trying to say this as a person who's open to kinks and who doesn't judge people just because they have some unusual preference um Yeah, something that I something else that I just thought about that I didn't didn't touch on, on in this episode um, is that th I think there was this point in time over the past one or two years where there were a lot of minors on TikTok talking about sexual kinks, and I think it's still happening. Like so many young people um, making TikToks about how they like to how they like to get choked and how they want their partner to spit in their mouth or spit in their face um, and I'm also not too sure about that like of course you don't suddenly turn into a sexual being at 18 that makes no sense of course people are sexually active before that so of course they might also have kinks before they before they are of age um, but it's still like it feels so weird and kind of wrong to hear people that are underage talk about that stuff. So I don't know how I feel about that. I really don't know. Um, like maybe maybe kinks should be like for only for people 18 and older. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not sure. This is such a difficult topic. But I think it's important to mention that there's a bit of a trend going around of very, very young people, definitely underage, talking about... Uh, kinks that in also include violence and power imbalance so that's something that I think we should keep a bit of an eye on um, and kind of figure out when we should do something or when I, I don't know I don't know if there's any way that we as consumers of social media can do something like if we see something very problematic on TikTok like I don't know a 14 15 year old person talking about their very violent kink. Like, I don't know what you could possibly do. Maybe you could, like, report the profile, but I don't know if that'll help at all. So I'm also not too sure about that. Um, but that was, like, my insights about this topic and my experience with kinks and the BDSM community, I guess, and with, like, partners who were into that. And maybe some of you could relate to this. Maybe it was just interesting for some of you what my point of view is about all of this and yeah if you've listened this far thank you so much and maybe come back for the next episode I guess because I don't know how long I, I'll be doing this I guess I'll just keep on recording podcast episodes forever yeah thank you for listening thank you for taking the time out of your day goodbye <laughs>